Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Now, with a look at local, regional, and international NASCAR racing, here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. The NASCAR Canaan Pro Series West did both left and right-hand turns this past weekend at Sonoma, and one of the biggest super late model races on the West Coast is on the horizon this up-and-coming weekend out at Evergreen Speedway. I'm Hannah Newhouse, joined once again by Kyle Rickey here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. It's Wednesday, June 26, 2019, and Kyle, the talk of the weekend had to be that Kane and West race out at Sonoma where when the checkered flag flew, it was Ryan Priest, but after a little bit of controversy, it was Noah Gregson who was deemed the win. Yeah, they ran the uh, the, the Procore 200 um, out at Sonoma Raceway. They were the lead-up to the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series race on Sunday, and honestly, Hannah, I, I got I got tapped tap dance around this a little bit because I'm sick of talking about penalties, uh, whether it be on the national series or the local series. Um, it seems like that's all we talk about is disqualifications and penalties. And again, a bit Ryan Priest here. He led a race high 33 laps of the 57 run. He he apparently jumped the late race restart, the final restart of the event, um, and was black flagged and moved to 20th. I think, you know, we're in a tough position now uh, because we love this sport, but this is two weeks in a row after coming off of all the controversy in the truck race at Iowa that, you know, both you and I were a part of. Um, you know, it seems like the cars are perfect, the drivers are perfect, the racetracks are perfect, the pit crews need to be perfect, and, and a lot of these penalties we're seeing, in my opinion, are starting to take a lot of the character out of this sport. And I think Ryan hit on that in his post-race interview with with Claire B saying, hey, you know, I'm just trying to do something a little bit different on some of these restarts to to catch Daniel Hemrick, who I believe was starting alongside of him off guard. He's, you know, appears to have went in the zone and when the green flag flew, but there was still a penalty. So, um, you know, it's a tough line. It's a very thin line that um, that NASCAR, you know, is working with right now. But, you know, I'm just, you know, and I know you are, too. We're just sick of talking about penalties every week. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, it was definitely, you could see on social media the confusion that was there. There was multiple attempts at a green-white checkered, lots of cautions at the end of that race. At one point, you know, timing and scoring and everything that was going on on the Fans' Choice broadcast. We watched this race, obviously, together um, this past weekend while we were at Gateway, and the checkered flag had flown, and they had the car stopped, red-flagged, hanging out there, and we were confused as to was the race over, what were they deciding, and then they lined them up again, and sent them off and that's when that penalty was you know assessed and you're the leader so it's really confusing for me as how a leader could realistically jump a restart like that but agreed you get you get a little bit exhausted talking about penalties and and, you know they've showed the replay and and even the live call I believe Justin Haley was in the booth and said man that's a great restart and I think we all thought it was a great restart um the green flag was out he was within the uh what, what we 
refer to as the Geico restart zone at, at all of these national series tracks, which is painted on the wall. And it appeared that his car was within that zone. But then I found out on the plane coming back from St. Louis by a NASCAR official that he thought he wasn't sure, but he thought the touring rules were different from the national rules when it comes to restarts. So, um, Confusion yeah, would be the word. It, it's just, it, and it's too much. You know, I mean, the more rules you have, the harder it is to understand and, and we're about there. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's kind of an unfortunate deal, too, to have that play out at the end, which, you know, overshown the fact that there was 32 cars in the field for the K&N West race out there, handful of cup drivers, including, you know, Austin Dillon, uh, Ryan Priest, obviously, as well. Noah Gregson made a return, ended up capturing the victory. And so you look at that top five there, your top five was after Priest got, you know, disqualified and was placed 20th. It was Gregson with the win. Hemrick was second. Austin Dillon was third. Cole Custer was fourth. And David Mayhew broke out of retirement for the weekend, came out and ran and finished fifth. But um, Haley Deegan was actually the highest finishing regular season uh, competitor in eighth. So you know that's going to shake up the points coming out of this. But unfortunate that all of this was kind of overshown with the controversy on the last couple laps. Yeah, it was a great field. As you mentioned, 33 cars, a deep field, uh, guys that came out of retirement, like you mentioned, with, with David Mayhew, Will Rogers making a return to the series, all the Cup guys and the Xfinity Series presence, Haley Deegan having a good run, now one point behind Derek Krause, who finished outside of the top 10, going to their next event this weekend in Washington. So uh, a lot to talk about in the K&N West Series, but unfortunately, everything revolved around that penalty. And and that video that was shown uh, on social media uh, with Ryan Priest post-race talking to some of the media, I think it was up to like 15,000 or 20,000 views, um, you know, as of a couple of days ago. So uh, you're right. It's a bummer that all of this good stuff was overshadowed by what happened to, to Priest on that last restart. But an interesting last couple weeks in short track racing, like you said. Indeed. But that being said, there's a lot more on tap this up-and-coming weekend, including we talked about a little bit earlier, the summer showdown out at Evergreen Speedway in Monroe, Washington, 5 eighths mile track. This is one of the, the staple races out on the West Coast that could be compared to some of the bigger super late model races out here. You've got the winter showdown, you've got the Montana 200, and then the summer showdown being those staple races. Um, interesting entry list, going to reel in a lot of different talent from all across the country for sure. 41 cars entered the race a year ago, and, and they're expecting just as many this year, um, including, I, I think, is Bubba Pollard going out there. I wasn't sure if I saw him on the list, but I think he's a prior or, or former winner. Preston Peltier has won that race two times. So this will be the eighth edition of the event. It's 200 laps at the 5 Ace Mile Evergreen Speedway in Monroe, Washington, and brings out some of the best super late mile competitors, not only from the, the West Coast, but also from the East Coast. And we're going to talk to one of those drivers looking for his first win in this prestigious event. And it's hard to believe he hasn't got it yet because he's won everything else at Evergreen Speedway here in a little bit in Tyler Tanner. Yeah, no doubt Tyler Tanner's had a good season thus far as well. On the local circuit side of things, he's got a couple wins leading the track championship at the moment. So I think he's got a good shot. You've also got previous winners being the brothers, Owen and Taylor Riddle. They're hard to beat anywhere they go, let alone going to a racetrack like Evergreen Speedway. Um, let's hope Mother Nature plays out on their side. I know we have rain. Rain is just the name of the game out in Washington. They never seem to catch a break. I went, I believe, last year or two years ago. We had to run the event on a Sunday morning because year. of rain. Was it last year? Yep. And last year, yep. yeah. So, unfortunately, but I've looked at the radar. Everything looks good. So, hopefully, there's some good weather 
um, for the Summer Showdown this weekend. But we'll have Tan- Tyler Tanner on a little bit later to talk about that. Um, but also, Rev Racing, we've had a lot of their drivers on throughout their k circuit. We've had Ruben Garcia Jr. and Chase Cabry with wins this season so far in the k East. We've had Nick Sanchez on here as well, um, one of their late model drivers, Brooke Storr. Um, Gracie Trotter, looking forward to having her on the show here after the break as well. I think Rev Racing has really hit on something this year. They've seen a lot of success, and it's always awesome to have their drivers on here. A lot of success, obviously, coming off a win just a couple of weeks ago in the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series East at Memphis Motorsports Park, uh, picking up their first win of the year with Chase Cabry. Um, you know, you mentioned the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series teams have been doing well. Gracie Trotter, one of those drivers that's uh, getting herself adapted. I believe it's her second year driving uh, a full-bodied stock car. She's making or has made a name for herself and continues to make a name for herself on the Tuesday night summer shootout series at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, multi-time winner and champion in that series and uh, is continuing to run that series this summer as well. So it'll be interesting to see Gracie's take and and what her schedule looks like this summer as she continues to, to develop in short track racing as a driver with Rev Racing. Sounds like a busy one at that. So when we return, we'll have Gracie Trotter on the phone line here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. If your vehicle isn't stopping like it used to, visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a set of Brake Best Select brake pads and two Brake Best Select rotors, and you'll receive a $25 O'Reilly gift card by mail. Enjoy quiet, safe, worry-free braking. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. Rev Racing, a team part of NASCAR's Drive for Diversity efforts, fields drivers in both the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series East, as well as the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series, and they've had a pretty successful 2019 season. Thus far, we've had luck, gotten lucky and had quite a few of their drivers on here. But we have yet to have Gracie Trotter on, and she joins us on the guest line as one of their NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series drivers. Gracie, welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast, and thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you. This is your first year with Rev Racing. You're part of their late model stock division. Uh, overall, what was it, I mean, what's been your takeaway being part of Rev Racing's team thus far, and how would you assess your 2019 season thus far? It's been a great year uh, working with them so far. Uh, it's been great, you know, working with a new team, uh, getting used to working with a new crew chief with the late models. And also, I've never raced the late model stock before I came with them because I've been racing super late models. So uh, it's been a big transition over. Uh, we finished sixth at Myrtle Beach last time we went there. So that's been our best finish so far this year. We're going back there this weekend. So hopefully uh, we can top that one. And a top 10 a couple of weeks back at the Langley Speedway in, I believe, your last late model event. What was I, I like to talk to the, the Rev Racing drivers about the application process. What was it like for you? And, and what did you maybe feel like you, you did 
best at as far as the physical fitness test or the media test or some of the, the on-track testing that you go through as part of getting selected to be a part of the Rev Racing team? Yeah, it was a really cool experience. Uh, the first day, uh, we did a lot of media stuff, interviews. Uh, we did a fitness test. Um, and we also went out to dinner with a lot of the NASCAR people. And then the next day, we went to New Smyrna Speedway and got tested with our on-track skills. Um, and I felt like I did pretty good with that part. You know, I, I knew all the cars were the same, and we had to drive them to the best we could. So I think I did a good job on, you know, staying consistent with my times there at that track. But it was a pretty cool deal. And you'd mentioned that this year you're part of the late model stock team um, running the Wheel and NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series. Your stock car experience is limited, but it comes in the form of a super late model. So your first year behind the wheel of a late model stock, what was that transition like? Because most of the time people go up the ladder as far as horsepower, and this is a step back for you. Right, yeah. I think it was a little bit harder because I wasn't used to the heavier car, and also they don't handle as good, they don't turn as good, so I really have to manhandle the late model stock compared to the super, but also... The Super has a ton of horsepower, so I also have to manhandle that, too. But um, it, I spent a lot of time on iRacing, just trying to get used to that, and uh, I'm finally starting to get it down. Let's go even further back. Uh, we talked about your Super career and, and now your late model career. We'll, we'll talk about your summer shootout, legend car career here in, in a few moments. Um, but what got you hooked on racing and becoming a, a race car driver? Yeah, I grew up in racing. My dad raced and also his dad raced. And back in uh, the, two, the early 2000s, my dad actually owned a race team. He owned a late model stock and uh, two USAC asphalt midgets. So I grew up going to the racetrack with him, and I kind of just fell in love with it. And I kept begging him, begging him when I was little. So finally, when I was about eight years old, he took me out, uh, and we rented some go-karts to test out at Carolina Motorsports Park. And... A uh, couple months later, he bought me a go-kart. We went go-kart racing. It all has to start somewhere, and it's always the go-karts and the young kids that get yeah. them, and then our parents are in trouble because all we want to do is go faster and bigger cars. So bless our parents, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but you've got a busy summer schedule on top of your NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series schedule with Rev Racing. You're also back behind the wheel at the summer shootout. Um, with being such a busy schedule, what made you decide to come back once again and race the summer shootout out at Charlotte Motor Speedway in the Legend? And the Legend cars are a lot of fun. Uh, last year, I actually led the points the whole season, and then the last night I actually came up two points short and finished second. So this year we wanted to come back and get redemption and see if we can get the championship this year. That, uh, that series now three weeks into uh, their summer. Uh, how's the week go, or the summer shootout going for you at last check? I believe a, a ninth-place effort in the last week. Uh, how the opening week's been for you guys? Yeah, we finished second the first night, uh, ninth the second night, and then fourth last week. So uh, I think we're sitting fifth in points right now. Uh, we're making some new changes to the car, seeing if it can make it better. So... Joe Ryan Osborne's been working really hard on that, so we'll see what we got for tonight at practice, and hopefully we can get us a win tomorrow. Always great entertainment during the summer. It's uh, weeknight racing out at Charlotte Motor Speedway. You can take the kids. There's a lot of 
a lot of stuff going on between the legends and the bandoleros. So it's awesome that the summer shootout, you know, puts this stuff on for some some entertainment, some weekly racing um, throughout the Charlotte area. But something that has always stuck out to me, and I've talked to some of the other drivers as well that have come on the show about this, is the dynamic that's over at Rev Racing between a lot of the drivers. When you and your teammates on the late model stock side of things are not racing, you're usually found at the K&N East races, hanging out, helping, learning. But then you guys also hang out away from the racetrack as well. What's the dynamic like between you and the other uh, drivers? Yeah, it's uh, been a fun time. I've never really had a lot of teammates like that before. So uh, we talk, we learn from each other, and it's a great time going to the K&N races. So that's hopefully something that I want to do next year or the year after. So uh, getting to go to those tracks and experience that and, you know, learning how they race those cars and stuff, uh, I think it's a pretty cool deal to do that. NASCAR K&N Pro Series East back in action at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway in a couple of weeks time. Daniel Hemrick, uh, obviously a Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series rookie, taking a very or took a very similar path that you're taking now, starting at the legend car level at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. In fact, he ran there just until, uh, I believe, two years ago, um, ran late models and super late models throughout the Southwest. How well do you know Daniel, if at all, and are, have you been able to pick his brain at all? Actually, no, I've never met him before. He's a good guy. Um, obviously competing at the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup level. Is that a path that you're hoping to take, uh, Gracie, in your career as uh, you continue to grow in this sport? Yeah, that's definitely my goal. Uh, I want to eventually reach the Cup Series and NASCAR and uh, win in that series. It was actually pretty cool to see, I believe it was Bubba Wallace, what, two weeks ago, um, came back out yep. to his racing roots as well and ran out at the Summer Showdown. Uh, not Summer Showdown. Uh, summer, summer shootout. shootout. Too many summer things going on. Um, <laughs> out at Charlotte Motor Speedway, get back behind the wheel of a legend. So that was cool. Now, Gracie, you've got a busy summer, obviously, with the shootout going on during the weekdays in the legend. What is the rest of your late model stock schedule look like, as well as I know you're behind the wheel of a super a couple times? Yeah, we're uh, racing the super late model next weekend at Caraway. Um, and then we go to Kenley a couple weeks later. And we're also, uh, we just rebuilt my dad's late model stock that he used to race 20 years ago. So we're probably going to do some extra races in that, uh, you know, just to help us with the late model stock over at Rev Racing. So, and then we have about five more races in the late model with Rev. A busy summer indeed. Well, Gracie, thanks so much for coming on NASCAR Coast to Coast, and best of luck the rest of the 2019 season. Thank you guys for having me. That was Gracie Trotter, a driver for Rev Racing in the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series. But when we return, we'll talk to another driver in the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series. But on the West Coast, as Tyler Tanner joins us to preview the rest of his season out at his local home track and the summer showdown this up-and-coming weekend here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Wheelin designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheelin product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform.
save on your next oil change at O'Reilly Auto Parts when you purchase five quarts of Valvoline conventional motor oil and a MicroGuard filter for $24.99. Plus, get a $5 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry. On race day, you can save a ton of fuel by drafting in the pack, but you'll never win if you don't stay up on the wheel. It's like in the construction business. You can either keep up with the competition or leave them in the dust with the Procore Construction Management Platform. Whether you're a GC, specialty contractor, or owner, Procore's software is built to help your team stay on budget, on schedule, and in control. To learn more, visit Procore.com. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. One of the West Coast staple super model races is this up-and-coming weekend at the Evergreen Speedway, the Summer Showdown. One of the best super late model races personally on the West Coast to attend, and we're joined on the guest line now by a driver who's looking to hopefully find his way into victory lane this up-and-coming weekend, Tyler Tanner. Tyler, thanks for coming on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for having me on. Now, this up-and-coming weekend, you're obviously a regular at the Evergreen Speedway, currently in contention for the championship, leading the points out there in the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series division. How important or how awesome would it be to add your name to the list of winners for such a prestigious race out there? That'd be really awesome. I mean, the, the summer showdown is kind of, I mean, you mentioned the, the championship and everything at Evergreen Speedway, but the summer showdown in itself is a lot more of a discreet race. It's, it's, uh, you know, I guess you might consider it as one of the crown jewel late model races in the country. Um, it's, uh, a lot of, a lot of guys from around the country, a lot of some of the best super late model racers are attend, will attend. So being able to, perform good at a race like that is kind of what what we all strive for so it'd be really cool if we could run good and maybe even win the race only one way to go after last year's race i believe an, an early race incident uh, or mechanical issue puts you out uh, finishing 41st a huge field for this event what happened last year and, and how big of a disappointment is it for something like that to happen in in the biggest race of the year at your home racetrack yeah i mean it's definitely a big disappointment like you said we finished uh I don't know if I'm supposed to say it or not, but I guess the acronym's D-A-L. Um, couldn't finish any worse um, last year. Motor blew up. I think it was around lap 20, 25. We were leading the race and had a strong car all weekend, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, didn't win the race. Um, didn't finish the race. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we can kind of turn the results around, um, run strong like we have in the past, but everything kind of fall into place this year it uh it's always been kind of a tough race well not not just the race but even any event on the five eights for us in particular it's it's been difficult over the years um we always are strong here we've always ran good but it just doesn't ever seem to fall into place um you know over i don't even know how many years i've been racing there now six eight ten years however long it's been we've only won one race on the five eights um and just for another example, the first race this year, our motor blew up in practice before qualifying. So it's always been a struggle when we go there as far as everything falling in line. So hopefully this is a year it all turns around for us. 
And I will credit you there because I have ran the 5 eighths mile at Evergreen. And it is hands down one of the hardest tracks ever for me to run to get a grasp on. It's just really tricky. It's got a unique paper clip, but you still run extremely high speed. So um, always puts on some interesting racing. But your regular season is actually run on the inner circle of the racetrack, which is a 3 eighths, I believe, right? Yeah, correct. Um, they, they actually run us on both racetracks for the, um, for the point series. It's just majority on the three eights. Um, at, we only run three events the entire year um, of our twelve races on the five eights. So I, I've always enjoyed it. Like you said, it's really unique, it's a different racetrack. Um, I think part of what makes it what it is is because it was originally paved in 1950 something. You know, mid 50s. It was originally paved, and it's never been repaved. Yeah, they've done some patchwork and stuff on the straightaways here and there, but original asphalt original corners um you know you can steer the car with your feet as much as you can the steering wheel so it just it makes for fun racing um a lot of lanes you can run there and uh definitely unique but out of all the racetracks in the country i've been to it's it's definitely probably it's definitely one of my top three 200 laps on on uh saturday night how much of the race, and you talked about it a moment ago, the old pavement. I didn't realize it was that old. It might be the oldest pavement in the country that uh, we conduct racing on, going back to the 50s. How much of that 200 laps is, is tire conservation and tire management? You know, it, I think uh, it just depends on the event. The summer showdown, knowing that you're going to stop at halfway and get four tires, um, fuel, and whatever adjustments you can make within seven minutes um, or however long the break is. I don't think it's going to be as much conservation as like you might see um, the events where we'll run the same tires the whole race or we'll run like we'll do a halfway break but only take rights and you'll run the same left side. So the summer showdown I think we'll, you'll see a, a lot faster pace than most races, especially in the first half because a lot of guys will probably run fairly hard just to get a feel for the tire fall off and um, the balance of the race car. That way, you know um, what you're going to have for the second, for the second segment. Cause you know, you know, you get a seven minute break to make some changes. So you kind of have to run hard the first segment. Um, still, you have to make it through. Obviously you can't wreck the car or anything like that or get caught up in an incident. So you have to be smart, but at the same time, run the thing hard and know what you need at that halfway break to, uh, make those adjustments for the final segment lots of strategy involved i know i've watched over the last couple of years of the conversation of if a crate model or a crate motor um is an advantage with the tire wear and that kind of stuff but at the end of the day i think it all plays out to you know like you said strategy and just being able to stay out of the chaos because there tends to be some chaos here and there but away from the racetrack for a second here you recently bought property out here in north carolina are you planning on moving out here? And if so, is your racing going to move out here as well? Yeah, um, you know, it's a, definitely a two-sided deal. Um, <laughs> so I bought property. It's just bare land, and I, I plan to put up a, a race shop with, you know, a small living quarter in it um, for short term. But I don't know. I do plan to move out there. I actually just bought my plane ticket uh, Friday last week, so I – I'll be moving July 31st. Um, that'll leave only three races for the remainder of the year at Evergreen that I'll have to fly back and forth for. Um, but as far as my racing, I don't know how soon I'll move it out there. Um, it may be a year 
to build the building. You know, who knows? It's just kind of going to be one of those things I'm going to have to figure it out as I go. Um, but, I, you know, either way, I'm really excited about it. I've always enjoyed North Carolina. I've raced out there a lot, even going back to when I was a kid racing quarter midgets. So um, it's uh, one side of it, it's really exciting. Um, the other side is kind of scary because, you know, I, I've raced my entire life since I was four or five years old. I've raced every year, but doing all this, um, I'm probably going to have to take a step back at least for a year. Um, my own personal racing to, to get everything built, to get it all lined up. So that's the scary side of it. But, I, you know, I think the benefits will outweigh outweigh that in the long term. Absolutely. Uh, Got to look at the big picture, no doubt. And best of luck uh, with that move. Now, Hannah and I, we're just back from the uh, NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series race at Worldwide Technology Raceway in Gateway, mm-hmm. formerly known as Gateway Motorsports Park. Mike Mittler on the minds of about everybody this weekend. The, the trophy that was presented to the race winner named after Mike. You drove for him in the truck series from 2011 to 2015 in select races. What was your relationship like with Mike? And, and how did you two come together for you to have those opportunities? Yeah, I, I did drive for Mike off and on um, about 2012 to 15 or 16, somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, like many other people that he went out of his way to help. I was one of them. Um, a lot of what we see, I mean, you guys are pretty familiar with it, but a lot of what we see in the industry now is you have to buy a ride um, if you want to move up to the next level, um, or at least that's that's the most common theme. Um, but Mike Mittler was a very passionate person about racing. He owned a business, um, and racing was kind of his hobby just up the street from his business. He had a little race shop and it was packed full of tools, trucks, all kinds of stuff. And, um, smaller team, um, as, uh, as compared to like KBM or Thor Sport or a lot of those guys that you see regularly. But Mike was one of the only teams that raced every year since the inaugural year in the truck series. And, uh, it was just his passion. Um, he helped a lot of drivers like myself and the relationship between him and I was kind of unique. Um, my parents owned a business called Tanner Racing Products, um, and in 2003 or four, I don't remember exactly, but my dad's father was diagnosed with cancer, um, and they just, you know, couldn't really keep up with the business and everything. They had a relationship with Mike, and Mike ended up buying the business from them. So then it all the business moved to St. Louis, and that's kind of where the relationship was formed. And at the time, I was a kid racing quarter midgets. Mike would help me out here and there. We traveled all over the country, and um, he kind of made, even back then, he was helping us make that possible. And then when the time came when I was old enough, he put me in one of his trucks. Um, so it was really special, um, all the help he gave me over the years, and to see what they did for him at Gateway. And, you know, even the race leading up to that since his passing was you know, it was really cool to watch. So um, thank you to everyone that Chris Blair, especially for everything they did at Gateway um, in recognition of Mike. Yeah, it was awesome to see at Gateway, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, on lap 63, all the teams actually got up on the wall. Crew guys, fans, everyone standing in memory for all the awesome stuff that he's done for racing. But Tyler, we know you just got off of work, so we'll let you go in case you have more work or prep to do for this up-and-coming weekend at Evergreen. Uh, best of luck this weekend at the Summer Showdown and the rest of the 2019 season. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks again for having me on. That was Tyler Tanner on the guest line, a competitor at Evergreen Speedway, currently leading the points in their super late model division and also a competitor 
in this up-and-coming weekend's summer showdown. But when we return, we'll talk about who found their way into Victory Lane this past weekend and what races you should look forward to this weekend as well. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. It is Procore Week here at the Motor Racing Network as we get you guys ready to go racing this up-and-coming weekend at Chicagoland Speedway with NASCAR's National Series. And whether you're a GC, a specialty contractor, or an owner, Procore's construction management software is built to help your team stay on budget, on schedule, and in control. So no matter what you're building, Procore can help you finish ahead of the competition. And that being said, there was also some racing this past weekend where some drivers found their way into victory lane on NASCAR's local side. Absolutely. From coast to coast, finally Mother Nature starting to cooperate, including right here at the Stafford Motor Speedway. Todd Owen picking up his second consecutive SK Modified win. Tom Fern winning for the second straight week in the late models. They have a big night this Friday with the SK 5K for the SK Modifieds. Sticking with the modified theme, Bowman Gray Stadium. Uh, Brandon Ward passed Burt Myers on a late on a late race restart within the final 10 laps to win the 100 lap modified event. Kingsport Speedway, the late models were off. Trey Lane though won the modified street feature. They are back in action this Friday night. Sunset Speedway up in Canada set a new record this year. I think they raced two weeks in a row. Connor James picked up the win in the Lucas Oil Sportsman feature event. All their NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series divisions are back in action this Sunday. And a little closer to your home, Hannah, at the Hickory Motor Speedway in North Carolina, Gage Painter and Thomas Bean split the twin 40-lap late model features. Uh, they are back in action this Saturday night with a 100-lap late model event, part of the Big Ten Series there at Hickory. I heard the weather was questionable around our area, so I'm glad to know that we got some local racing in as well. Yeah. Southern National Bradley McCaskill got the win in the late model First twin, uh, Brian Obi collected the second one. Tucson Speedway out on the West Coast, Brandon Farrington collected the first one, and his teammate Cole Raz won the second late model race out there. But speaking of West Coast racing, the Canaan West is also back in action this upcoming weekend. We talked about it a little bit beforehand. They are back at Douglas County Raceway um, out in Oregon. Oregon. So, yep. yeah, they get to get up to the northeast a little bit as well. Two weeks in a row for the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series West. A lot of big short track races this weekend. Mentioned the SK 5K here. The Summer Showdown at Evergreen. South Boston Speedway. They also have the Thunder Road Harley-Davidson 200 for their late models. So literally, coast to coast and even north of the border, the NASCAR Pinty Series in action this weekend with the uh, at the Autodrome Chaudier. So a lot of short track racing this weekend. Most of it can be seen on Fans' Choice 
Chicagoland.tv. I was going to say, I know what I'll be doing. I'll be at Chicagoland Speedway this weekend with MRN. Um, but in between all that, I'll definitely be on Fans Choice and watching it. So looking forward to doing this again with you next week, Kyle, here on the Motor Racing Network for NASCAR Coast to Coast. Producers Brian Yeswich and Craig Moore, we will see you guys next week. NASCAR Coast to Coast has been brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. NASCAR Coast to Coast can be found on MRN.com, Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast provider. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.